0: Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TF Tuesday podcast. My name is Zill. It's good to have you back today has been quite the interesting one. We've had some really, really loud thunder and, uh, honestly, it scared the shit out of me because it was probably only like a mile or two away from where it was. So, uh, I quickly went inside. Today we have a very special guest with us and I'm really excited to talk to him all about his art and some of the things that he likes to focus on in his depictions of TF. Uh, Before that, I just want to mention as always that if you like what you are listening to, you can always support us on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash tftuesdaypod. You will get access to our Discord and you'll be able to ask us questions and depending on your tier, vote on polls, or even have your names in the credits. So if that's something that you're interested in, we greatly appreciate everyone who joins. Again, it's an optional thing, but we do really appreciate the support and it helps keep us going. All right, that's out of the way. So I'm happy to turn the floor over to our guest. So maybe
1: you want to introduce yourself. Thank you, Zil. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Avelikan. You can call me Ave. Some people call me Ave. Uh, some people call me Avil, But it's all the same to me. I create tf art using well my phone <laughs> i'm a, i'm my all my art is created on my iphone and i guess that it's i guess i'm playing on hard mode i suppose but I, I really love tf i got into it since i was way younger and only around like three years ago did i start actually making it it's been a journey it, it has been a journey
0: yeah, absolutely. And I got to say, there are very few people I know who make art on their phone, period, let alone TF art, let alone being it their primary way of making art. So I think that's pretty unique. And frankly, I remember when you told me the first time I was like kind of blown away that you were making art on your phone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's really handy because uh, since I carry my phone everywhere, I can uh, just draw whenever I want to. Basically, I just whip it out and boom.
0: Yeah, no, it does make it very convenient. Is that you think you're gonna just be sticking to the phone like for the most part moving forwards or do you think you'll ever shift to using any other kinds of uh, like technology?
1: Well, I do have an iPad um, and an Apple Pencil and I do want to transition over to that eventually but right now I'm just, the phone is obviously the fastest way for me because I have always been like, I don't want to learn a whole brand new way of drawing things new software all that stuff but that's also partly my stubbornness
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's fair i know when i changed over recently my photoshop copies i had been using uh, photoshop cs5 extended for like over a decade and i even like got photoshop 2019 after it came out tried it for a little bit and then ended up going back mainly because a it was a new thing and b my laptop was going to explode so that was the the more pertinent problem but uh now that i have a desktop i actually have photoshop cc 2022 or whatever it is now and yeah, I'm I'm all caught up now. Sometimes I do miss CS5, but you know, now I'm just used to it. And honestly, I'm, I'm glad I made the shift. So whatever it is you do end up doing so I'm sure it will be rewarding in its own way, even though in the moment it'll be a little challenging.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've got a pretty good method going. I I've learned how to make shortcuts. I used to, when drawing, I used to take the very, very long way. And now I know how to be more efficient, I guess three years too late but whatever
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's good i'm glad you found that efficiency and hey everyone's got a different process right so it's just another way that you are making art your own which i think is always good (laughs) so you know one of the things i wanted to kind of chat with you about and i know we've talked about this to certain degrees with other people but i think it goes without saying that the most common kind of tf that you focus a lot of your art on is like focused on pokemon and everyone i think has their own unique draw to it and i was wondering what it is specifically that's drawn you towards pokemon and pokemon tf
1: well i really (laughs) i really like pokemon there's just so many interesting designs right i mean don't get me wrong i love regular animals just as much as anyone else uh, I love your snow leopards, I love cows and donkeys and whatever there are in the world. But Pokemon, just some fictional creature to turn into, it's just an extra bit of exhilarating. I know there's other stuff like Digimon, but I was never really a Digimon person. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> the designs are really hit or miss for me. And I mean, I've turned into Renamon a couple times, but other Digimon like Agumon, Vimon, eh, they're they just don't really click with me you know so pokemon is really my go-to and i have to keep reminding myself hey maybe you should not do so many pokemon tfs in a row maybe you should break it up a bit with some different fictional creatures or an actual creature that i can turn into you know
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, I don't think that there's anything wrong with focusing on a specific thing if that's where your passions are. Like, I mean, obviously, I agree it's good to always have that variety, but it's also good to focus on the things that you are really into. And so if your artistic drive is focused on Pokemon, then it's focused on Pokemon, you know?
1: Yeah, and for me, I can only really draw when I'm in the mood for something, which is why I rarely ever take commissions, (laughs) So when I really feel the drive to draw something, I'm like, okay, let's do it. But I can't force myself to draw something. So Pokemon, I I really enjoy it. And so that helps me if I have the drive to really go for it. Do you
0: think that you focused on it as well because it was like a formative part of like your youth? Or were, did you come into Pokemon later anyways?
1: Well, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon certainly did not help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that one did a number on a lot of people. Oh, it sure did. And then, of course, not only the game, but also the manga. I don't know if you remember. Oh, what was it? Is it Genji? Is his name Genji? Genji's Rescue Team or something like that. The manga based off of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. And I read through it. I'm like, wow, this is a, this is something else.
0: Yeah, there's some really cool Pokemon manga that has TF in it. I know we mentioned pokemon rebirth before and obviously pokemon mystery dungeon and it's always interesting to see which people like went the extra mile and like looked into that stuff because i think for a lot of people the fascination begins and ends with the games and the show to some degree and then that's kind of it so it's always cool when i hear people who are like you know there's this manga about pokemon and blah blah, blah. i'm like oh you did you you went hardcore i respect that <laughs> <laughs>
1: i feel so cheated I'm, I'm sure tons of people do too i don't know if you remember the pokemon anime when they did like an episode on pokemon mystery dungeon and the end slate said to be continued and they never continued it yep i remember that oh. and i was pissed off <laughs> it's so it's it's yeah i was very upset
0: yeah it's bullshit so you know i'm curious then as well i've noticed that you know when a lot of people get into pokemon they'll focus on like a few key species but you've always cast a wider net when it comes to the species and options that you depict so i was wondering is there like a specific reason why you like to venture outside of like a few core pokemon
1: i certainly have my favorites but there are just so many cool Pokemon out there, and they're constantly making more. I feel like I need to, like, got to turn into them all, right? So I feel like I'd be missing out on a lot of them if I just stuck to a couple. And that's why I've really branched out. And while I have my favorites, you see me branching out into, like, Naked or Toxtricity or anything like that, because they're just—the the designs are so cool, and there are so many different body types not just to stick with one kind of body type, but there's so many different kinds of Pokemon, so just new experiences, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, and we'll talk about this, I think, a little bit later in the show, but I know that you have a really strong appreciation for, you know, unique anatomy and unique abilities and stuff, and that obviously tracks with wanting to try out some of the less common Pokemon species. I guess I'm curious then, what would you say is the most out-there Pokemon that you have depicted yourself turning into.
1: Oh, boy. Now I have to think. You're making me think. (laughs) Oh, We like to keep our guests on their toes. Yes. Okay, let's see. Uh, What have I turned into? I know this year I've turned into... Oh, what was it? Cyclozar. That was a fun one. Yeah, that one's definitely out there. Let's see. Aggron. I know I became... Out there, out there. I'm not sure, actually. I guess for now I'll have to go with the Cyclozar, because all the other ones like Swamper, Choraidon, Typhlosion, Gudra, many people have been those, so it's hard to say for sure. Uh, I guess I'll have to go with the Cyclozar, even though I know that one is pretty much just as popular um, within...
0: (sighs) Well, close. I mean,
1: that one I think is
0: still a little bit niche. I know you've also done a Pichu TF before, which... I feel like that one is also a lot more niche, because, like, you see people go Pikachu, you see people go Raichu, you see people go Alolan Raichu. You don't really see people go Pichu. People usually stay away from the, like, smaller Pokemon.
1: That is true. Um, that Where that came about was my coworkers were doing, like, a, hey, what Pokemon would this person be? What Pokemon would that person be? And I got wound up with Pichu. that's that's where the comic came from literally what was their logic behind assigning that one to you i have no idea i think oh you know what it is it's because i keep getting shocked by literally everything i touch it's awful oh oh my gosh yes and i'll sit down at my desk i'll touch the chair and i'll get shocked i'll brush by someone and i'll get shocked i have a video of myself holding an ipad charger and the ipad was charging i'm not even kidding Oh my god!
0: <laughs> so you know, then I guess that actually seems pretty apt to assign you an electric type. Although the Pichu part obviously leaves some lingering questions.
1: But um... yeah, they they call <laughs> me they call me like a child. Ah, it's, I see. Yeah, I see. that's where it comes from. Gotcha. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, Pichu is still a great Pokemon. So you know, and you definitely don't see a lot of. TF around that one. Again, I think most people focus on Pikachu and all those other stuff. But, you know, you have mentioned as well that you do have like a few core Pokémon that you really like. So, I'm curious like what species you define as your like core Pokémon and what really draws you to each of them.
1: <laughs> well, everyone who is listening right now who knows me is screaming Shinx. Uh, Shinx is definitely one of them. The other one is also Luxray. I adore Luxray just because like it's such a cool design. It's just an awesome little zap Cat, And it just looks cool, you know? I really appreciate it. And aside from those, I do enjoy Lucario. Like, I simp for Lucario all the time. F- fan favorite. What else have I been? Hmm. Well, definitely Luxray and Shinx. F- for some reason, not Luxio. I haven't yet to turn myself into a Luxio.
0: Oh, the poor forgotten middle evolution. Yeah, the middle
1: child. I've had yeah. other people draw me as one, but never myself. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there something like different about Luxio that sets you off from like, Shinx and Luxray? Or is it less like not necessarily liking it and more just like just you keep forgetting
1: about it? Yeah, I mean, it's not that I hate it. By no means do I hate it. But it's just there. The middle evolutions typically are... Eh, okay i just on one end you have cute little baby on the other hand you have badass lux ray so one or the other those two are often just great and then you have the middle child it's like eh, i'm there no one really pays attention to me people are just hoping to level me up and evolve me
0: <laughs> oh man i don't know quilava would like a word oh i love quilava honestly don't get me wrong. Great. i love quilava yeah. i
1: love Grovile. <laughs> I love plenty of middle evolutions, but Luxio just kind of gets the shaft, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I know, I mean, like you said, people gravitate sometimes to the beginning or the end of the evolution and then uh, people don't want to linger in the middle, which, you know, seems contradictory given the fact that we love TF so much. Like you would think, hey, the middle TF, it's mid-TF. Oh, well. So, yeah, and it's interesting, I think, that you continue to gravitate towards the electric types. Clearly, there is something going on there. Is, like, electric type just your favorite type in
1: general? I guess it has to be at this point, right? (laughs) I I mean, I'm just asking. You know, I don't want to presume, but... (laughs) Yeah, I like a lot of types. Like, dark type is really cool. Fire is awesome. I really enjoy the dragon types. But for some reason, I just keep getting drawn back to... The electric types
0: interesting and you don't think it's necessarily because you get shocked by everything you just kind of like continue to just end up in that neighborhood yeah
1: it it just fell into place like that sometimes i i don't even i don't even know if i can explain it it just it just happens yeah
0: interesting interesting so then i'll have to ask you know obviously you've had a lot of opportunity to draw pokemon tf and like depict them I'm curious what you think makes your Pokemon TF stand out from other artist portrayals, given that they are so common. Are there any unique elements to them that you feel you really
1: draw best? Oh, I wouldn't say I, I don't know if I draw any particular thing better than everyone else. I wouldn't go out there and say, oh yeah, this thing I draw better than anyone else. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still... I mean,
0: not necessarily better, though. Like, I think unique. I think everyone has, like, their unique spin on things. And I guess I'm wondering what you think your unique spin is.
1: Hmm, That's a good question. I really... You may have noticed, I draw a lot of tails coming out that are being... That have stretchy pants and stretchy underwear. Tail explosions. yes. yes. (laughs) But in particular, just that stretchiness, I draw a lot of it for some reason and i think that could be one of the things that makes me stand out i know other people do it too and they draw tail explosions just so much better but i feel like the way i do it i guess it can stand out as unique with the stretchy underwear just about to snap that tension just waiting for that release
0: I was gonna say, I think one thing that's really unique about your explosions is exactly that. There's always like that one thread that is still like, or like the elastic band that's still like clinging in there to like an absurd degree. And I mean, I get a kid a kick out of it. Like, I think that's like peak camp right there. And I enjoy camp. So I'm like, hell yeah, we do like this. So I, I think that's pretty unique. Awesome. Well, thank you. So then I'll, I'll ask the other tricky or controversial question. Are there any underrated species of Pokemon that you wish there was more TF art of?
1: Oh, boy. Drifloon and Driftblim. Interesting. Yes. Okay, now I have to ask, why those ones? I, you don't see a lot of those, and I guess there's just inanimate Pokemon TFs are not as common. Yeah, that's true. And there are, I feel like, Drifloon and Drifblim with the background behind their story, like, oh, Drifloon stealing kids or whatever... I feel like it would be kind of cool if Driftloon and Driftblim came from, were actual people turning into the species. I don't know, just sounds kind of cool. Um, and I also like Driftloon and Driftblim a lot. They're actually really de- well designed Pokemon. And I'm glad Chris BN draws Driftloons and Driftblims, mostly Driftblims, a lot. So I'm happy he does.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that tracks. I will say that I think that they're also just, they have a very cool shape. So, you know, I can definitely get behind that. And, you know, obviously there's like an inflation angle there too, which can be cool. So, yeah, I I definitely track on seeing the appeal. I definitely can also say that I don't think there's been... I can't, I cannot remember the last time I've seen a TF piece of them before. So, definitely
1: underrated. Yeah. Another Pokemon I really like that I don't see a lot of TFs, Doduo and Dodrio.
0: Okay, yeah, no I see that one. I I think I've seen like slightly more of that one at slightly least, but more. it's very uncommon still. Yeah, just the multiple heads kind of thing, you know. Oh yeah, multiple heads is always so much fun, especially because you can play with the personalities of the new ones and yeah. um, you know, depending on where you fall, be it in the middle or on the ends, like you can have some like interesting interplay from like a visual perspective.
1: Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you want to go that way, there's merging too.
0: Yes, you can also do merging, which is a lot of fun as well. You know, I've never drawn it, and it's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's something unique in the challenge of doing something like that too. So I always yeah. appreciate it when people take a stab at it. I have sparingly done merge manip's. I think I've only done like two. So yeah, I can Ooh. definitely agree that it's on the trickier side and not always the easiest to... Uh, access but uh they can be rewarding too Mm -hmm. are there any other things you think that you just really enjoy about pokemon tf that you want to highlight i can't think of anything no that's fine cool so you know something that i've also seen interplay with a lot of your art and in my opinion is aptophilia which you know for those who don't know what aptophilia is i don't think we've actually talked about this on the show before so i will give kind of a brief definition so Aptophilia is essentially the enjoyment of strange or unique anatomy or abilities and either their utility or their hindrance when interacting with the world at large. So one of the examples that always comes to mind for me is like, you know, you have become a smaller creature and now you are having trouble actually like accessing like you know a drawer or some kind of shelf because you're too short to reach it or maybe to counteract that you use your tail to reach up and grab something for you those would be like the both sides of the coin when it comes to aptophilia so i bring this up because i've noticed within your art pieces you tend to have those kind of elements played up and so I was curious what your thoughts are on aptophilia broadly.
1: I really enjoy just because day-to-day life is so mundane right and having that new body brings a spice to our lives whether again whether if it's a benefit or a hindrance and having to find creative ways to solve problems that come as a result of the transformation, that's also really fun. And I don't know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. What is the human body, but a canvas for TF, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a canvas for changes of all kinds. And I definitely think that one of the exciting things about Aptophilia is showing, you know, these are the potential things that could result from a changing form. And I mean, I will say that, you know, In particular, with what I've seen in your art, I've also noticed that you will often focus on like how someone's changed size kind of affects their ability to interact with the world. So I'm curious when you think about like transformation where you get smaller or transformation where you get bigger, if you're really thinking about that through an apt affiliate lens, or is that something else going on there that kind of draws you towards those changes?
1: Well, in terms of growing bigger, I'm I'm a pretty small person. Myself, I'm skinny, I'm not super tall. And just getting bigger, just having all that mass, all that new body that you suddenly have, right? That just is a lot of fun because that's not something that I have in my day to day life. So I would really love to get really big and just rip through all my clothes, you know, and just shed that. Human, all those human things that make me human, right? As for being small, well, <laughs> I kind of keep turning into something small for a reason. Everyone just teases me about it, and I do enjoy it. You do get relentlessly teased about it. I've seen it happen in your Discord server. So yes, I do. <laughs> and I don't like. I I pretend I feel like I'm obligated to be like, no, I hate it. But I really love it. It's really a lot of fun, just to be. Teased and made fun of to be so small and just to be, you know, held or babied or something like that, not without getting into the baby fur thing. But yeah, yeah, no, I you know, know what you I mean.
0: mean. Yeah. There's an attraction to oh, now all these people are going to view me in this different way because I have the smaller form and they're going to change how they interact with me, which kind of builds not only on the physical changes, but builds into the social changes as well as I think what I'm deriving from that.
1: Yeah, basically, that's that's exactly right. You got that right yeah. there.
0: Yeah, and it's funny you mention that because you know, I know we've had people talk about kind of the social angle before, but again, I think it's different for everyone and obviously when it comes to getting smaller you are kind of subverting your current social role and kind of replacing it with another do you generally like to depict that within your art as well because i think i've seen it as well but i'm curious like what your thoughts are in terms of like how you like to play that up within your art pieces
1: there's not a ton of social relations that i depict in my art There's a couple, not that much. There's been like one, maybe two that I can think off the top of my head where there's actual teasing or someone commenting like, oh, look at the small. For example, uh, I drew a dragon hatchling transformation. And at the end, there's like, oh, look at the small thing. Look at the small hatchling. The Pichu one ended with like, oh, look, he's a small Pichu or something like that. Then the Shinx one ended with, hey, it's a small Shinx. Why are they all small? They're all, small. <laughs> they're all small but yeah so that i find it to be really fun like uh-huh look at he's he's tiny now i don't think i've ever drawn something where it ends up saying like wow he's so big funnily enough
0: wasn't there that gudra sequence you did with all the people around you
1: oh that was an old one yeah that one was that was yeah I do my yeah. research. <laughs>
0: you, do, you
1: do your research. I, I've turned into so many things. I don't remember half the stuff I've turned into. Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. The other <laughs> day I was going through my gallery, just going down memory lane, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember doing this, or I did that. When was that again? That was so long ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I do remember, like, the part of the appeal with the Gurjo one was that people were, like, it was in public, and so then people were like, oh, this guy's gotten all big, blah, 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 blah. So.
1: Yeah, public changes right there. Chef's kiss. Yeah, it's it's always enjoyable.
0: But yeah, I always think that like, when when it comes to the social changes, I feel like that's Aptophilia adjacent as well, because it is kind of focusing on how people view the kind of strange or unique anatomy or abilities that you have gained through your changes. And so often, you know, we've talked about the size ones in particular, but you have a lot of pieces that also focus on the tail, as previously mentioned as well. And I think, you know, one of the things that's really interesting there is you like to focus on like how awkward
1: or unwieldy they can be, don't you? Yeah, I really do. Um, just cause it's a brand new limb right? I don't have one normally. I'm not sure, although I wish I did, but i just interacting with the tail, be it wrapped around something or having to avoid stepping on it or or snapping pants, you know? Just having it be there and having it be an extension of my spine, that's just a lot of fun. It's funny though because I hate drawing wings even though those are separate limbs. I prefer... I don't like drawing wings because i feel like they're kind of unwieldy to draw <laughs> yeah yeah and it which just kind of stinks because i'm a dragon
0: <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you know you're definitely not the only one who thinks that though because i cannot count the number of times i've seen people like when they put up a price sheet or something they're like okay wings are extra because it's like i don't want to deal with this which you know i I understand it's difficult, and so I get why people, like, are warded away from that,
1: but I'm also like, but
0: they're cool, though. Like, particularly dragon wings, you know? like
1: Yeah, at least they're not, like, feathered wings. I hate drawing feathers, man.
0: Feathers seem like a chore. I, I've only done one manip with feathers in it, so uh,
1: I guess I'm in that boat as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't get how people are, shall we say, unfeathered. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, again,
0: we all have our different focuses. That's and, right. You know, yeah. hats off to the people who have done the work to put that in because, you know, hey, I mean, there's people who, for example, get really focused on like changing hand and feet depictions in TF, and those aren't necessarily easy to draw either, but because there's the passion, people get really behind that. So,
1: yeah. In the meantime, anyhow, I'll just keep drawing giant tails or small tails, whatever they are. I know. Mog, Mograt, Musket, he'll be happy. I frequently show him the tails that I draw. And he's like, yeah, that's a good tail.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he, I know he's also a focus of uh, tail enjoyment when it comes to TF as well. So that tracks.
1: <laughs> Easy to please people. That's what I like.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, hey, I think that, you know, I'm also, a, I'm a big fan of tails too. And I mean, I wear tails in real life. So I think that shows I'm pretty hardcore on the tail front but um you know I think that it's interesting when people focus on it to such a, a heavy degree because I don't know as an art viewer I will always key into that that's always I'm like yeah. okay this artist is really into tales this is like I'm gonna file this memory away for later um you know mm-hmm. be it for like talking to them or like you know asking about commissions or what have you I guess I'm curious then have you had like specific conversations with anyone about like tails as they interact with aptophilia before, or like, um, has it always just been something that you've kind of like had there as an interest, but you didn't really like make the connection to aptophilia.
1: Oh, well, I've certainly always had an interest. And to go back to talking about Mog earlier, we frequently uh, chat about tails, be it they're wrapped around each other or touching each other or touching each other's tails, touching other people's new body parts, just, Sounds like a lot of fun because, again, you're touching a new part of someone else. I can only imagine how it feels to have someone touch your tail or touch your wing or something like that.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that the tactile response is always something that people have been drawn to in transformation. And, you know, particularly when it's a new appendage that is so unwieldy and like awkward, especially like the really big tails. I mean, to then have someone like feeling it and then like being like, oh, wow, this feels like blah, blah, blah. And then you're also like having those sensations. Obviously, that's really interesting. So it's cool that you've gotten to like have those kind of apt to feel like adjacent conversations with someone else who is like on the
1: same wavelength. Mm -hmm. And it's not just him. It's plenty of other people. He was just the first one I thought of because... Tails. (laughs) Tails. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, absolutely. And I mean, uh, I can see why you would have thought of him first. He does a lot of tail stuff too. So uh, always good to see that from him. I'm curious then, obviously I focused on the sizes stuff and the tails. Are there any other aptophilic changes that you really enjoy or appreciate that maybe I haven't like touched on?
1: Well, in relation to size changes, you may have noticed I draw a lot of big bellies.
0: Yes, <laughs> I've definitely noticed that. I am I am also eyes emoji at that too.
1: so you know I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, just like I said before, suddenly having so much more mass and it's, it's something that you can look down at and kind of heft up and feel the weight as you kind of like lift it up and then drop it and then being unable to see your feet or something like that, see your legs that I draw a lot of and I really enjoy that and I know a lot of people enjoy that too. And if they want to see me make more, I will gladly make more. <laughs> so what you're saying
0: is, if people want to see Pokemon with big bellies and big tails, they should just tell you, and that's the kind of thing you're going to key into.
1: Basically, I mean, I uh, in back in February, I drew a Flygon TF with myself and Zelo, two big bellies, two big tails, and it was too much for Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> marked it as not safe for work. It's not even not safe for work. Yeah, I know exactly the piece you're talking about as a
0: dutiful Flygon fan. And yeah, it was definitely not, like, it was definitely safe for work. I don't really know why they uh, freaked out in the way that they did. But um, that's Twitter for you, so. I know.
1: It got me shadow banned, and now I'm shadow banned again.
0: I mean, I've never known a world outside of being shadow banned. So you mention these things, and I'm like, ah, yes, I sit in my uh, too spicy for most people's eyes Twitter, and I'm just laughs. But no, it's it's annoying. I mean, Twitter, Twitter is its own thing right now. So then I guess I'll, I'll say, have you ever considered doing a Tyranitar TF? Because that is a big yes. belly, big tail, big change kind of TF.
1: Absolutely. And I really, really want to. It's on my list of Pokemon TF moods. The problem with branching out, casting a wider net of Pokemon to turn into, some Pokemon just don't get... Touched for so long. I mean, I've cast my net so wide, and I've said how much I love Luxray. But the last time I I turned into a Luxray, sometime last month in April. No, it's still April. So a couple weeks ago. But before that, I haven't turned into a Luxray for almost two years, and I love Luxray. So that's just what comes with not sticking to one or two core Pokemon to turn into.
0: Yeah, no, that, that tracks basically like, you know, even when you have the ones that you have the special love for, if you're trying to keep the variety up, it can make it hard to even go back to those, let alone to hit some of the newer and more out there ones like Tyranitar.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to turn into one. It's on my list, my extensive list.
0: Okay, good. Because I did want to like put that one out there because I think you'd do a good job on that. So. <laughs> and then I guess, you know, when it comes to aptophilic changes, how would you kind of go about explaining their appeal to the uninitiated average TF enjoyer? Because, I mean, you know, I've obviously given a definition here and as I'm sure you can tell from how I'm talking about it, I'm a big fan of it. But I think the appeal always is different for different people and I'm wondering how you would potentially try to explain the appeal to, like, the average listener.
1: Yeah, um, well, let's see. I love it when my body betrays me. And it's something I can't control. And that's why I I love the social aspect, the teasing, right? And I suppose it's just my nature to really embrace that. So what was the question I completely Uh, oh
0: I mean, you were getting there, like, basically, like, how you'd explain the appeal of aptophilia to other people based on how you like it. So you were getting halfway there.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, So just think of your normal body and having it completely change all of a sudden and having to deal with the new experiences that it comes with. It's just so exciting to me to be thrust into a completely new world where the only thing different is yourself and how you have to interact with it now. Yeah, it's just so much fun.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a pretty good explanation as to what makes app to feel changes so cool. And, you know, I know that it, it's technically apt to April. So I, it still is. Uh, so, you know, if there are people who are really interested in that kind of a thing, I know that you can search that up on like Twitter or whatever. And there's definitely people who are making art under that label. To be frank, I didn't know about the label until like the past two or three years. I know Coddlewag, I think that's how you say their name. Um they are a very big proponent of it and so I would just encourage people to go check out his stuff because I think it's really cool and I know that like I think this was kind of a term that like he coined to some degree. And um, it's been really helpful to crystallize and explain some of the appeal of TF to people. And I think it's always good to put terms to things. Obviously, terms don't fit everyone, and people should use whatever language makes the most sense to them. But for me, I've always found that having like language to talk about these kinds of things is so helpful. And unfortunately, you know, with English, there's just a lot of things that I don't think have proper terms until people kind of jerry-rig other words and make them so you know it's kind of incumbent on us to create the language with which we're communicating about these kinds of things and so i continue to encourage people to use words like this and check it out because i think that it really encompasses a lot of the things that we all really like in transformation it just didn't really have a voice before now and so i think it's cool to put a word to that
1: it's very apt Ophelia. Nah. <laughs>
0: okay, now I'm gonna kick you off. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> nah, no, you're be good. I'll be you're better. good. I'm 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 like the worst when it comes to puns, so uh, I would be a hey, mass What's hypocrite. what's
1: a TF content creator if they don't know puns?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, a very that's... broad
1: statement, but yeah.
0: No, I mean, like God, I cannot even begin to think of how many TFs I've seen and created myself where the TF is triggered or set up by a pun i do that way too much (laughs) it's it's fun it's It's like i'm coming up with like a title for like a fur affinity submission and i'm like okay how can i work in a pun here because like right got it you know i'm pretty
1: sure like 75% of my titles are puns.
0: Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, a similar number for me, too. Either that or it's, like, if it's not a pun, it's, like, another kind of joke or, like, a sly reference to something, you know? It's, like, you gotta have fun with it, and I just feel like puns are such a fun way to, to have fun. It could be such a dark image but then pun (laughs) it just balances everything exactly Ah, this is this picture has like some uncomfortable ramifications on like the person's mental state afterwards but hey i made a joke about bananas or something i don't know like shit like that
1: (laughs) Uh, that's Uh. that's that's how it is the duality of non-man
0: yeah exactly and you know it's a really nice segue to the other thing i want to talk about too because you know I've seen in terms of the stuff that you produce, you tend to have a lot of like pretty out there triggers and situations. Like to list a few off the top of my head, you've done a Wordle triggered TF. You did Uh a bingo cheating situation. Uh, There was a passport triggered TF. There was like a, a driver safety campaign (laughs) TF. I mean, they're like, they're pretty out there. So, you know, I, I, I gotta ask, like, what's the thought process behind coming up with like these really unique triggers or situations?
1: Well, like I said before, sometimes they're just puns. The the driver safety campaign is click it or ticket. And I was like, <laughs> but what if it was click it or nick it? <laughs> right? Where you if you don't buckle your seatbelt, you'll turn into a nick it. Uh, so it's things like these that come from it recently, the Luxray, literally, it's a ray beam gun thing that turns you into a Luxray, the ray. A lot of the stuff I come up with just comes or originates from puns. Certainly, they're not just puns all the time, but they're a big, big reason for the stuff that I do. I did a big sequence with an anthro skunk TFTG where the punchline was instead of ordering a McFlurry, I ordered a McFurry. Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, and so a lot of them are just jokes. There was a the Agron TF Pokeballs on state Pokeballs on sale with a steel, but steel was the metal, not the other steel. So <laughs> it's just it's just silly stuff. Um, but I love puns and wordplay, and that's where a lot of the stuff comes from. Although I will say the passport idea came from Chris that's his idea and i just kind of borrowed it.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. Well, yeah, then i was going to say i was like where do you kind of what do you turn to when you're looking for inspiration? And it sounds like a large part of it is puns or like, you know, maybe potentially talking with other people, but are there other things that you kind of turn to when you're trying to like come up with these really like out there tf triggers or situations?
1: Well, my server definitely helps. <laughs> for sure. Sometimes there are ideas thrown around like a TF by Booping on the snoot. And I turned that into a Navali TF. My Dragon Hatchling comic, that came from someone in my server, Fafnir Prince. Then there are, obviously, whenever I, whatever I'm in the mood for, sometimes it doesn't even have to be a pun. I'm like, I want this. I'm going to draw it, and no one can tell me no. Right? Yeah, of course. I mean,
0: you are the architect of your pen's destiny.
1: Right. <laughs> or my finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe I just want, like, oh, I don't care. I don't have a sp- specific species in mind. I just want to draw something with a collar. Or I just want to, for a Palamut TF, I want to TF via Dango or Dongo. Um, so what better way to turn to a Palamut than a Dongo? Because you have the, the buddy Dongo or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and sometimes it could be uh, holiday-related, and I just draw whatever works there. I know I did a Year of the Tiger TF.
0: A classic. Um,
1: yeah. I will say you actually put
0: it out at the actual appropriate time. I will say my very like big pet peeve is when people put out like the Lunar New Year like species thing on January first. It actually drives me up the fucking wall. So I'm glad you put yours at the right time.
1: <laughs> well it's funny because I'm normally terrible with releasing things at a at the right time. Uh, Because I draw things so early in advance, like as we speak, I have maybe three pieces in my art queue ready to be uploaded. Um, So I'm always ahead of the game. I like being ahead. It's a bad habit of mine. But sometimes I need to be a month before be like, okay, this is what I'm going to draw for this event or this person. And I have to draw it now or else I'm not going to remember it later. And that way I just have it ready to go.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's so wild to me. So then, you know, obviously you've spent a lot of time focusing on these unique situations and getting ideas from puns or your servers or from other people. What are your thoughts then on more common tropes or situations broadly? Like, do you not really see an appeal to them? Or is there something else that pushes you away from them oftentimes towards the more unique situations?
1: I wouldn't say uh, they put me off. Like I'm not I, I've done like werewolf uh, or were creature related TFs before. I've done potions. Uh, I've done getting captured by Team Rocket and turned into a Pokemon. Everyone's favorite, obviously. For sure. Nothing wrong with those. You're telling your own unique story. And uh, I think there's, there's validity to that, telling your own side of things and taking a crack at it. Um, but. I certainly love the more out-there kind of triggers, too, because you just don't see a lot of them, um, whether they're made by puns or not. Yeah.
0: No, that that makes sense. I mean, I always think that it's interesting to see people take on a common trope and like try to either subvert it or depict it in a different way from how it's usually seen and you know i i I mean i am a sucker for the same five things over and over again sometimes too and there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that um but it was just something i'd noticed that you know you did have you do definitely dabble with some of the common stuff but you seem to veer specifically for trying something very novel or uh, you know, just like very different from what other people would necessarily gravitate to. That made me think. I was like, hmm, I wonder what he thinks on the common ones. So
1: yeah, I I like going the difficult, not maybe not difficult route, but the unique, the different route. Especially with like, for example, in Octransfer, transfer, whenever Chris uh, throws out the uh, prompts, I always try to think of the different way to do things. I can think of an example. This past transfer 2022, one of the days was charge. And some people did like, oh, like an electric charge or uh, charge like a charge like a bull or some animal. And I'm like, oh, I know, charging a credit card. I'm going to turn into a whale because I charged too much on it on a gacha game. That was one of the ones I thought about putting in my, like, intro of examples of unique
0: triggers. So, yeah, that maps up pretty nicely. (laughs) It did make me laugh, though, because um, I didn't know about... The terminology of being like a whale on like a mobile game until actually fairly recently and then i was looking back and i was like oh now i understand what the joke was here because i didn't get it the first time
1: it makes you think i like
0: people who think we we do like people who think i appreciate when there are thoughts going through people's brains
1: so on the other hand, no thoughts, head empty is also a mood.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it is too. Trust me, I, 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 I definitely can get behind that as well. But yeah, that that is really funny that you mention that because uh, that was on my list of potential options to mention as well. So it definitely stands out. So then I'm curious, what's been your favorite trigger that you've depicted?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, good thing I have my gallery pulled up because I need to look at some of this.
0: Yeah. I mean, as as we've already established, you know, sometimes it's hard to remember all the stuff you've made. So, you know, getting a question like that on the spot, you know?
1: Yeah. Let's see here. The Zoom TF was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: It was a lot of work, but drawing um, nine different people, turning into something, turning into the Evolutions and Eevee EV yes. on screen for everyone. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Yes, I got to go Espion. It was very good. You did. You certainly did. The McFurry one was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with that one. Let me think. The remora with the fish sticking onto my body and turning me into a shark. That was a really fun one. That
0: one's great. I, I definitely haven't seen that one as often depicted as I would honestly expect, given like the interaction with sharks broadly. So that was very cool to see.
1: Yeah, it's just... A lot of fun, I think, uh, to contact, intimate contact with. Well, not yeah, with other creatures just turning into. You. And normally, other creatures will bite you or lick you, but remora they just stick on you. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? I had a typhlosion TF where it happened because I was cooking something, and title the title is aptly making soul food because it does huihui on typhlosion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that one was good. Oh, the the one where I'm in the voice booth, which turned into a shinx. That one was a lot of fun because I got to experience voice changes. I love voice changes.
0: Yeah, voice changes are a lot of fun. I will. I will admit. I had. I have a very very soft spot for that especially as like someone's like trying to articulate what it is they're becoming and then like the other sounds are interfering which uh, you know it all ties back you know that often comes up with pokemon changes as well you know you start saying the pokemon name instead of what you're trying to say so you know
1: that's pretty good so those are just some of my favorites just to name a few um i would love to revisit some old ones and just remake them and that's what i've been doing every time february comes around for my artist anniversary I need to go back and do some of these. I'm just looking through the old stuff right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I always think it's cool when you take a, an older piece and you redo it in you know at your current skill level and you know take a different spin on it and kind of have fun with it. But then I'm curious, you know, are there any unique triggers or situations that you haven't depicted yet, but you're really itching to do so in
1: the future? Yeah, I want to do something to do with a pinata. I want to be. I want to have a blindfold put on me, and swing wildly at uh, the pinata and see what happens. I'm thinking like, uh, Lucario because Lucario has a blindfold kind of thing, and I think like the bat could turn into a bone for Bone Rush, right? Um, so something like that I think would be really fun. I hope no one steals it. <laughs> I. Also on my list, I have... What do I have here? TF by completing a crossword puzzle. I feel like that would be really fun. I know it's been done before by Tink with his Zerua Vision TF yeah. comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I definitely want to take a crack at that too. At some point, I need to draw a pelican TF just because of my name and the pun.
0: Yeah, I mean, the pun is right there. That's true. Yeah, but again, feathers, birds, I I don't want to. No, that's fair. And hey, you know, I think that it's cool that there are TFs from other people that you want to like, take some elements from and like, you know, to put your own spin. And I think it's always good that like, you know, people build off of each other's ideas and such. So, you know, even if someone else did do like a depiction of that trigger, you mentioned, I think it would still be cool to see your take on it too. And I think that so much of the community builds on seeing other people's creativity and then adding your own spin to
1: it and, you know, building further. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate all the, the, the plethora of ideas out there that I can base off or maybe uh, borrow some um, and just take my own spin on it. Just so many ideas out there. And ironically, sometimes I just sit there in front of my phone screen. I'm like, I have no idea what I want to draw. I don't know what I'm going to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Yeah, that's a mood.
0: So then are there any situations or triggers that for you are, like, a hard no? Like, you're not interested in that trigger or you're not interested in that, like, overarching situation?
1: That's a good question. I think I'm pretty much down for a lot of stuff. I enjoy almost all TF, so it's really easy for me to like something. Yeah. Even if I'm not, like, super into it, but I may appreciate it and like it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I don't think there's much stuff that I would dislike. Um, I can think of a couple TF types that I'm not really into. Uh, For example, primate TFs, barring maybe gorillas. Um, To me, they're just hairy humans, hairier humans, and I'm like, "Eh, they're okay, but they're not my top picks at all the other one being age progression. I'm not really an AP kind of person. I've had enough AP trying to get into college. So <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it's just I much prefer AR cuz human doesn't want to be a kid. I want to be a kid. No responsibilities.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I will just say to defend the honor of primate TFs, I think that they're Feet turning into hands can be really fucking cool. That's really um, cool. And you can get some cool, like, some of them have tails. Some of them have, like, really large forms, like, obviously, gorillas, like you mentioned, which might be, like, kind of an exception. But, uh, you know, I, I think they're they're
1: more than hairy. That That is true. Maybe I was a little harsh.
0: but no, I, I, I get I, Hey, it's not for everyone. Yeah, it's not yeah. for everyone, and I get that. Yeah, I think... For me, with the age regression and the age progression, there's just too many existential questions for me. I don't think I'll ever be able to get into it. But, you know, hey, everyone has their own appreciations for that, and I respect that, so. (laughs) Oh, man. And then I guess if you had to pick a trigger that would TF you into your Sona, what would it be and why? Oh, boy. And you can pick anything, so,
1: you know. Well... Oh that's there's so many good triggers to choose from that's the thing you can't it's just it's like make me picking pick a favorite one.
0: child i know i know
1: it's very devious of me to make you pick it's like i'm standing in front of an ice cream counter with all the flavors which, which which flavor would you like? Which flavor of TF would you like? What? Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm definitely the kind of person who'd be like, I want a, d- a bit of this, a bit of that, a dash of that, and five of these and then put this on top as a sprinkle. So I, I get the indecision.
1: <laughs> well, off the top of my head, I suppose, for it would be really cool to have, because my dragon, Sona, runs the, the TF shop, um, it would be really cool if I could, I don't know, find the shop and turn into the dragon just... Being there, um, taking the mantle, maybe, yeah, taking up the mantle as the shopkeeper and just settling into the role. Yeah, it's, although, um, well, maybe not although, I treat my dragon and my human self as two separate entities. You may have seen in the pictures I have drawn, the dragon is the TFR and the human is the TFE, and that's how I get around... Um, being able to change people and also being able to be changed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's an interesting way to get around that problem. And I mean, hey, I've definitely seen you use yourself, change yourself, which is pretty funny.
1: Yeah, it's kind of meta, but it's really fun (laughs) being teased by myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like a feedback loop almost, right? Like, you know. (laughs) No, that's funny. I mean, hey, I think location-based, Triggers and situations are pretty cool too, and uh, you know, getting to assume your sona and then get to dole out TF to other people. I mean, who wouldn't want to go through a change and then help other people
1: right. along with their changes too,
0: right? It's you know the circle of of giving and all of that good stuff.
1: Mhm, mhm, and that's why I love to uh, TF other people, just give out art um, for others um, that I care about. So it's just, it there's that part too. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: And again, I mean, I know you don't really do much in the way of commissions, but I have seen you do a lot of art, uh, like depicting other people changing. And so it's been always really cool to see that. And I think that's a very admirable of you to do. So,
1: Yeah, I'm not really making any money off of this, except for when I need Discord Nitro for a month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair.
0: That's fair. So we have some audience questions that I'm excited to go over. I think this first one, you and I are probably going to have like, the same answer and i think that's funny too um but this one comes from rain sparkle bun and rain asks if you could only transform one part of your body what would it be what would you change and why so i'll let you go first dave
1: i think i gotta go with the tail um there it's just if i'm going to only change one part of my body i'd rather gain a part of my body um and not lose another if i'm because a tail, right? Just having it, just being a human with a tail—that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I would have to pick a tail as well. I just I love tails so much, um, evidenced by my like collection of like ten of them. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be tail. Okay, but then okay, which tail would you pick? Because you got to pick uh, a type of tail.
1: No, you can't make me pick. I'm gonna kind of make tail. you pick. I'm gonna make you pick a thick, heavy. Dragon tail. Okay. That's a good choice. Yeah.
0: That's a good something choice. Something
1: I can move, something I can control, um, something I can drag around, something maybe I can smack things around with, it's something I can touch and hold, something I can hug while sleeping. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Just a tail. Yeah. I was leaning
0: towards also saying a dragon tail myself given I have a dragon sona, but I'm actually going to pick a snow leopard tail for many of the reasons you chose in terms of like the appeals that you see, but the added benefit with a snow leopard tail is that it's furry and it's soft and I really like that. Yeah, it's totally not biased by the fact that I'm literally wearing one in real life right now, but um, anyways.
1: The TF started already, okay.
0: Yeah, it's already started, but yeah, I gotta go with Snap. I just, I love my snaps. Snap is very good.
1: I only drew one. I need to revisit that.
0: Yeah, snaps are great. I I love my big cats. Um, There's a reason why many of my Sonas have been felines, so... Um, round mrow Deed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the uh, next question I have is from Eduardo Pedrero. And so Eduardo asks, what specific episode of a TV show that portrays TF is your favorite? Not necessarily being TF being the bread and butter of the show, but like an episode that shows TF elements or characters.
1: Oh boy. There's a lot. I'm going to have to go with... Does it have to be a specific episode or can it be like a show in general? I think we're supposed to
0: pick an episode, yeah.
1: Oh. Episode. I know, which is tough. Um, okay, The Magic School Bus. Not the remake, the old version. I have a lot of respect for that show and I love that show.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I have a lot of respect for that show because um, they used actual kids to play the kids in the show And they kept the kids as they went through puberty, as far as I know. Oh, yeah, I think they did. You're right. Yeah, so um, great show, learned a lot about science. There is one episode where they're in the city and they turn into city animals like raccoons and foxes and birds. I think the bus turned into a bear. So and they would just roam around the city um, doing animal things and learning about animals there's just plenty of other tfe episodes as well like there's one episode where they turned into bees uh one episode uh where they turned into bats um and they had to act like bees and bats and what have you to learn about the species the science behind them um and even if uh they did not change into anything they would shrink into like the size of an ant and they would learn how the ant hill functions and works and stuff like that. So on top of the learning about the species and sciences, uh just that show, wow, that's great.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great that's a great point. Um in terms of me, I struggled a little bit as I was reading this question because I was like like you said like it's hard to pick just an episode and then also pick something that's like it's not a tf focused show but it has tf in it the one i ended up settling on is tooth and claw which is a doctor who episode um this is from season two i believe um it's got david tennant as the 10th doctor and rose tyler is still around anyways in this episode um there's like this werewolf who's actually like an alien um and there's like this group of like people in like the 1800s or something they want to like take over the british empire and start like an empire of the wolf by like turning the queen into a werewolf and it's just so camp it's so camp and i love it i just (laughs) as previously said i love camp and it's just it's silly fun the werewolf i think is like completely CGI'd it's not even like any practical effects which you know sad face but it's just fun it's a fun time and uh, I think that was the best one I could think of on the spot honestly but uh, I say that because I've watched plenty of Doctor Who and there's like there's actually a decent amount of TF in Doctor Who it's just not Mm -hmm. always like very fun (laughs) Um, oftentimes it's played up as
1: as kind of a horror type deal. I recall seeing there was like a weeping angel statue TF of the 12th, no 13th doctor, I think. Yeah. Um, that I was a, definitely like a horror leaning kind of thing. I did see that.
0: Not, not huge on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think of like, yeah, a lot of the TFs lead to death in doctor who, unfortunately, which is sad, but that one didn't. So I was like, okay, I got, I got that one that I can point at, um, and, yeah. uh,
1: be happy about, <laughs> You're telling me the queen did not get turned into a werewolf? Come on. I don't think she did. No. Uh. Um
0: Which is very unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the description here, and I don't think she did. I don't didn't remember her either turning into a wolf. So yeah, it looks like that's a no, which is unfortunate. But um, we did get a wolf, and I will support a werewolf. So. Oh, there you go. And it was funny because it overlapped with, like, the whole Bad Wolf storyline. So obviously that Mm. tied into that. And anyways, Doctor Who things. (laughs) Uh, So then the uh, third question I have here comes from Professor Scritch. And this one's got more pieces to it. So I'm going to set it up for you. And then you have two questions. So hypothetically, you have a box in front of you. And on top of that box, there is a big red button. If you push the button, there is an X percent chance that you get to experience your dream transformation. However, there is also a flip side percent chance that some other person in the world who isn't necessarily into TF will experience the transformation instead. So the first question is, would you push the button? And the second question is, what is the lowest value of that number that would be acceptable? You. Like, you know, if you knew there was a 99% chance it would go to you, would you press it? If there was like a 98% chance, would you press it? That kind of thing. So how do you feel about that? Would you push the button?
1: Professor indeed. I was not expecting to do math tonight.
0: Well, it's it's both math and an ethical conundrum.
1: Oh, okay. Um well, I guess we'll have to solve for X tonight. Yeah. Okay. When I pressed the button. Yeah. I think I would. I would not deny myself the chance, because it, it says nothing about multiple chances, right? It's not like a one and done kind of deal.
0: I, I'm interpreting this as a one and done deal. So oh, it's, it's either you, you and... get the TF or one other random person gets the TF, basically.
1: Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh. All right. I'm still pressing it. I. I'm not denying myself that uh, option. Even if
0: it even if it would impose that TF onto someone else who maybe not be into it, you'd still take the
1: chance. Ah. <sighs> yeah that's that's not nice <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I can choose the transformation, though,
0: yes, you are choosing the transformation here, so okay. well, it's it's not like you're gonna press the button and someone is going to turn into like a slug or something. So
1: okay, well, unless that's your dream, TF, which you know, I'm not shaming you for that. but I could make it so that the transformation is into something that is not like, traumatizing or harmful it could be like an anthro
0: yeah it's your dream transformation so it's whatever you would be like happiest with
1: okay i imagine um gosh i imagine i still would press it i would pick something that hopefully the other person would not be so traumatized by just because i'm a nice guy um and um Let's see, the percentage, the lowest percentage. Gosh. I could make it true random and go 50-50.
0: Really? You'd take 50 50 odds?
1: I don't know. Let's see, because this is hard. It is.
0: It's it's why I picked it. I was like, this is such a cool question. I got to get someone to answer it on the show. Oh,
1: my God. I can't believe you're making me answer this question. Oh. I know
0: you're you have a, a good nature. you're all for some good fun, so I, I am I wanna
1: uh, that's so hard. I could I could just put it on to myself and make it like a, a 100% chance for X.
0: Yeah, it could be just like you would only press it if it was only like guaranteed to go to you. you
1: could. I could or maybe I could like make it no. I'm not going to risk it, make it 100. I'll make a dream transformation, uh, 100% chance. Um, that way no one can be dissatisfied with what I have. Because I don't know, you know, RNG could not be kind to me. I've played I've played Fire Emblem. I know what I happens. love
0: that you mentioned that because when this question was posed to me, it was in our Discord server and I was like, is this normal RNG or is this Fire Emblem RNG? Because my answer Fire will be Emblem different. Si-
1: this is Fire Emblem 6 RNG. <laughs> uh, oh god. Uh, yeah, no. Um yeah. So I think a certain transformation would be better than risking even the slightest percentage. I think that way everyone's happy. I don't I would feel really bad if my dream transformation went to someone else, not just because they have to experience something that they may or may not be into, but that means that's my dream. I I kind of want that.
0: Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think on my end, so I would also press the button. I joked that if it was Fire Emblem RNG, I would only accept 99.5 percent chance Ooh. um but i'm going to like pretend it's not fire emblem rng to make this more interesting i think i would press the button if it was at 85 percent and the reason why i picked that number first of all i think 15 percent it's not unheard of but it's still quite unlikely and you know if someone else got my dream TF, I wouldn't feel as bad about it. Cause I think they'd get to have a pretty cool TF, even if they're not necessarily into it, that part I do wrestle with a little bit, but also like, if I'm having to like really play with this, like I would want to press this button no matter what, to be honest. And so like, I would cut down my like ethical line to i think 15 percent chance that's like the the lowest i could chance it and still feel like kind of okay i definitely wouldn't go below that though like i think 50 50 would be like yeah i don't know what i was thinking i was
1: like ah numbers
0: (laughs) no i mean it's a it's a math question at the end of the day that i'm testing you at a, a very late time in the evening so you know it's fair
1: I already graduated. I didn't have to. I wouldn't have to take a math class for any in my, for the rest of my life.
0: I know. I know. Oh God! I do math every day at my job, and I don't like thinking about math. So I feel. Yeah, that.
1: I I do math on my job as well. Yeah, yeah. it's. Ugh. I had to do math yesterday. I'm like, you're you're kidding me, right? Who, what what kind of person reads one thousand words in one hour? This is ridiculous. <laughs> stupid. Stupid. Oh man.
0: Uh, well, fantastic. That was all the questions I had for you. I don't know if you
1: have any questions for me. Uh, yeah, so when I agreed to be on this podcast, you said you would turn me into whatever I wanted for the rest of my life, right? So uh, when can we get started <laughs> on
0: that? <laughs> Did I say that?
1: Uh, maybe. Huh, you might okay. Have.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we can get that started after the podcast. You're going to have to... Uh, first of all, of course, you'll have to tell me what it is that you want to become. Second of all, you'll have to tell me what the scenario is and the trigger so I can get that set up. And then you'll also have to tell me uh, the three digits on the back of your credit card as well oh. as your social security number so that I can set everything up after you're permanently changed. So, you know. Oh, no. Uh,
1: uh, let me let me consider. <laughs> <laughs> you can
0: reconsider. I mean, you know, there's no deadline on this offer, clearly. But, uh, you know, I'm also going to get my moolah. So
1: yeah I'll, I'll i'll pay you an exposure
0: <laughs> okay then the answer is no we will not uh, be accepting exposure payment here my good friend i say good day to you
1: <laughs> so i guess you could call that indecent exposure oh god okay yeah
0: there's the bad pun we were waiting for yeah oh,
1: okay i oh. gotta end the night on one you know <laughs> yes we do oh man but then it's no not, that was it's great. Not a conversation with me without a pun or seven no that's fair that's fair people are gonna hate me for
0: this <laughs> nah we we have plenty of bad puns all the time we we appreciate them here
1: yeah but mine are mine are forced
0: <laughs> eh, hey you know everyone has to come up with them somehow so even if you have to do a little more effort it still doesn't detract from the fact that it's a bad pun so
1: the worst puns are the best puns they are the best puns
0: well thank you so much for coming on i've really enjoyed getting to chat with you here Thank you for having me. Yeah. If people are interested in finding your stuff, where can they find you? Uh,
1: okay. Well, um, for Fur Affinity, um, you can find me at Avelican, which is A-V-E-L-I-C-A-N. Um, and just keep in mind that on my Fur Affinity account, um, there is some not safe for work content. However, on Twitter, my handle is at AvellicanArt, and that one is completely safe for work. Uh, So feel free to browse to your heart's content. And I also have a Discord server. Uh, You can find the link um, in my Twitter bio or in a Fur Affinity journal entry. They're somewhere in there.
0: Yeah. Ah uh, yes, the mess that is uh for Affinity
1: Journals. I'm sure it's buried in one of them somewhere, you know? Yeah, it's somewhere in there, I'm sure. I think I also posted it in my uh artist bio on that page. I forget if I did or not. Um, but yeah. On on Twitter I'm at Avilican Art and I'm currently shadow banned again, so um and on FA I'm just at Avilican. I don't have any other outlets at the moment. I mean, I do, but I just don't post on them. I used to have a, I know I do have a DeviantArt, um, but I never have posted a single thing. I only made the account because uh, someone I did a trade with posted um, their portion of the trade on uh, DeviantArt and someone actually took it and altered it um, and uploaded it it as their own and i made an account i'm like hey uh oh you can't do God. this you can't do this and that person blocked wow me. Uh, the wild west
0: that is deviantart i do not miss that website one bit i will not go back to that website i mean they wouldn't take me anyways for my own stuff but like fuck that website
1: yeah <laughs> i have never uploaded a single thing there so i'm good on that front
0: good 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 well thank you so much again for taking the time to chat with me and thank you again to everyone for listening uh i hope that you enjoyed listening to this as much as we did having the conversation again if you'd like to support us you can check us out on patreon.com slash tftuesdaypod we are also on twitter for as long as that's around at tf tuesday pod and we are officially on the fediverse as well so if you want to consume our content outside of the spotify's and youtubes and twitter's and all of that good stuff you can check us out as tf tuesday pod um under uh casually cat that's the server that we're under so um you can always check us out there as well so yeah um feel free to check us out at any of those places um and in the meantime i hope that you all have a fantastic week that you get some good rest uh, stay hydrated especially as the weather is heating up and uh keep an open mind and stay tf and we'll see you all back here again next week